I'm your host, Spencer, alongside with the world-famous co-host, Rob. Rob, how are you? (laughs) Good, how are you? Good. Rob, as you know, this podcast is about interviewing people from all walks of life. Different stories, cool jobs, lifestyles, hobbies, all of those things. So with that being said, we have a very special guest. His name is Joe Sparks. He goes by Joe Sax. You might see him in Boston playing the saxophone after concerts or after big games. Joe, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. And just uh, to clarify, it's actually Joe Sachs Boston. Joe Sachs Boston. Looking for me, that's how they're going to find me. So we can find you on Instagram, right? Joe Sachs Boston? Yeah. Yeah. I do mostly Instagram. All right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm checking out your stuff. You get like 10,000 followers or something like that. I don't, <laughs> I don't know the lingo too much because I just got on Instagram. Sure. But sure. Um, very impressive. How long have you been playing saxophone for? Um. I've kind of, we'll probably get into it, but I've been playing music kind of throughout my life. But as far as really kind of Joe Sachs Boston doing the thing out in public on the streets and whatever comes from that, about five years, including kind of the lost COVID year. So. Oh, wow. Yes. Um, So how long did COVID really play an impact in you being outside and performing and stuff? Yeah. I mean, there were, there wasn't a lot to play for um, when everybody's quarantining. It would be kind of a waste of my time. Right. So I actually, the reason why I uh, checked you out was my wife, who I'm going to be honest with you, does not listen to this podcast, but she's in full support of me. <laughs> and she saw you and it was right after the Celtics game, uh, Thursday, Thursday or Friday night. I don't know what game it was or whatever. I don't really follow basketball. Yeah. But <laughs> I was walking out, saw you play anything, took a little quick video. Um, a lot of people liked it and all that. So how long have you been playing outside the garden for? Yeah. So uh, this really started at the very end of January 2017. And um, I mean, if you kind of want a little bit of the backstory there. So, I mean, I had put down music for like 15 years. Um, and uh, and I was in Boston um, with my daughter, who's now 10. I guess she was about five at the time. And we were on the aquarium and there was this, you know, busker, street performer, um, playing saxophone out there. And um, I just saw him. I was like, you know what? if he can do that, because like, I mean, he wasn't like the best saxophone player in the world. But I was like, if he could do that, man, I could totally do that. I should try that. So I got my saxophone out and uh, dusted it off and went out to Copley Square a couple of days later. And there was an event going on there and it went really well. Um, and so I was, I came back home and I was like, all right, so like, what do I do now? And, and I thought, of, you know, I, where are people going to, where can I count on there being people? Well, TD Garden. It just kind of popped in my head. And people go in and out of TD Garden. It gets crazy. So I started in early February in 2017 doing that. Now, you seem to have a pretty premier spot, to be honest with you, because every time I walk out there, 
Like we walk right outside the garden. We're in like row three seventeen, not section three seventeen or whatever. You walk down a couple flights of stairs <laughs> and you immediately get out to the road. And yeah, I yeah. see there you have a security truck parked in front of you. I don't know if you do that on purpose or if you need that kind of stuff. But there's always like an ambulance there, a security truck, and then boom, there's a saxophone guy playing beautiful music. And there's always yeah. I mean there's, there's a crowd there. How do you get that spot? <laughs> I'd like to say that the entire scene there was orchestrated around centered around me. You know, they they you know say, Hey, where do you want the security vehicle? We'll do that. You know, <laughs> the setup is uh, good. The build. How do you want us to like kind of you know remodel the exit on this side to fit your needs? You know, it didn't actually work that way. Um, and really, you know, if you really go back to 2017, you know, it's kind of like a subculture there between people who work in the stadium and fans coming in and out and you know, homeless people here and there, you know, just kind of finding your spot especially at the beginning where when I didn't have a spot uh, was really kind of an adventure, you know, which side of the stadium do I play? And um, yeah, so that, that was really uh, not the easiest thing at the beginning, but um, what is because, you know, Causeway street, that's all public obviously, but as soon as you get on the TD garden side of Caus Causeway street, that's now TD garden, you know, Delaware North, like private property. Hmm. So, um, you know, they have the right to just kick out whoever they want or whatever. Um, so where I play now was really an evolution. I started playing out towards Causeway Street. And as I was playing more and more, I was also getting to know the people that work there, you know, ushers and concessions and security guards and all that. And so I was getting to know the right people and they would kind of help me learn how to manage the crowd. Well, like, for example, if I get too big of a crowd, you know, means of egress has to come first. People have to be able to get out of the stadium. I can't be like, you know, log jamming the thing. So um, I know to kind of shut it down for 30 seconds, let people go if it gets that way. And over time, that trust was formed and I just got closer and closer and now I'm just right outside the door. So has it ever been, is, is there a bad, because there's some, a few street performers in Boston, right? It's a city. Mm -hmm. Is there ever a battle of the spots? Have you ever just shown up and some guy just blatantly steals your spot? Or have uh, you done that to anybody? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, yeah, and uh, I thought a little bit about this before because I want to, you know, kind of make, keep my peace with everybody. But there was actually a time, um, and especially when you're talking about um, the other street musicians, it, it gets very territorial, especially when you're used to playing in a particular spot at a per particular time. Um, you know, the second you kind of give an inch and people take a mile, whatever it is, like, you know, so you really have to be protective. And when I got kind of with the spot where I'm playing now, um, I guess a, a year before COVID hit, uh, it's funny how we kind of judge everything now of like, oh, right. after COVID, um, there was a bucket drummer, um, that I think kind of decided that he wanted my spot. And at that point I really had become used to playing there. So it really did feel like my spot. Uh oh. Yeah. Yeah. There so he like, comes and sets up like pretty much like as I'm playing and, uh, you know, he, Start, starts wailing away and of course like you know i play sax unmiked and i can wail on the sax but that still doesn't touch somebody wailing on a bucket drum so you know i had to kind of think how am i going to handle this situation <laughs> and um and so i was like i gotta stay here and do my thing i felt invisible because people couldn't hear me but i wasn't going to let him you know box me out so um that happened a few times and it got kind of ugly and nasty for a little bit um <laughs> But you have those stories where people don't get along at all. And you're like, those two are never going to get along. And, uh, and we sort of like now are, I want to say friendly. 
Um, it's taken a while to get there, but once he realized I wasn't going to give away my spot, he found his spot and, you know, we talked enough that he could tell, like, I, I respected him. Um, I just, you know, wasn't going to be boxed out and he was kind of doing the same. And, you know, now we get each other's phone numbers and we'll kind of text about the events we're doing. So, wow. so well, what kind of, like, what do you say to a guy? Like, do you just go, I mean, you work a regular job, I, I think, right? I was looking at your, <laughs> I do. so you work a Monday through Friday. First off, real quick, what type of work are you in? Uh, yeah, it's really kind of like, I have two selves, so uh, I work in corporate finance. So, you know, I, I handle, you know, money going in and out of the company and uh, nothing at all music related. So that's what I do during the, during the day. So you do that pretty normal life, right? Then you find mm -hmm. yourself arguing with a bucket drummer in Boston. right? <laughs> like, what do you say to the guy? Like, obviously, you're trying to outplay him. You're doing your thing. You're trying to keep it classy. But what, what do you say? Hey, man, like. Yeah, there, there was, you know, kind of, if you try to put yourself in that spot, what would you do? Like, I wanted to diffuse things. I, I wouldn't let him kind of kick me out, but at the same time, like, I try to be kind of diplomatic about it. Say, hey, man, like, you know, I, I appreciate what you're doing. You're actually really good. But, um, you know, I, I'm here after every game. You know, this is kind of my thing. So, like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to stop. You know, sorry. But, um, you know, and when that kind of didn't work, um, you know, then it, that's when it got a little bit nasty. Um, uh, and, you know, neither one of us was happy with each other, you know, and uh, we'll just kind of put it that way. Wow. So it wow. got nasty and we can leave it up to you guys yeah. to decide what nasty is. But <laughs> I can only nasty. Yeah. Imagine. Yeah. I mean, there, there was, you know, you know, some some shouting going on and. You know, people like picture the fans going by as this drama's on. Oh, that's the best. I'm probably not really sure what to make of it. Like, whoa, like something's going on here. Like, and uh, and just the ideas people would throw out too. Like, hey, you know, why don't you guys just like kind of join forces or something? It's the last yeah. thing you want to hear right now, right? Well, and then <laughs> sort of, but also just with street performing, um, unless you're really kind of like an act where it really kind of requires multiple people you really are better off just doing your own thing. We certainly are, are both that type. You know, so it was like either we got to make something work and yeah, I, I don't know. It was, it was, it was an interesting time. Did it get physical? Um, I was really thinking it was going to get, it, it was like borderline. It was, it did not get physical though. Wow. wow. Yeah, so I mean, so. Do you, I mean, at the end you go, what the hell am I doing? Like what's what am I doing? I just like playing saxophone, right? Like Spencer, I I still ask myself that all the time. Like, I, I you know you're just like it, it's a it's a whole world. Like you got a, you got a big thing yeah. going on here. Well, I mean, I also do it year round. So you know the the whole question, you know, what the hell am I doing? You know, I'm out there playing a wind instrument in ten degree weather in January. You know, and so I park over in Charlestown because, like, there's an area that I know at a certain time I can get, you know, park there and free. And it's like a 10 minute walk. It's actually kind of nice, uh, unless it's 10 degrees. And I'm walking to the stadium and the whole time. I'm just like, you know, just so, so cold. And I'm like, what? What am I doing? Like, I, I'm going to go and now I want to, like, go outside and play for two hours or whatever in this weather, like saxophone. What am I doing? What's the craziest thing you've seen, like, throughout your playing in Boston or playing in the cities? What's, what's the um, wildest thing? Uh, I, it really kind of de depends on how you, how you say crazy. Um, I'll, I'll do a couple different, a few different categories. Crazy in terms of drama would be kind of the bucket drummer stuff. And also uh, there's not as much of a homeless president's pre presence now around the stadium. I think they kind of do something about that, but um, 
Uh, at one point, that was kind of uh, tense. Yeah, hot spot. Um, yeah. But uh, again, like if, if you're going to make a spot where you're going to try to be a fixture there, you have to know how to deal with people and you know everybody. You know, so it's really about kind of approaching people with respect. You know, not kind of giving when you shouldn't give, but you know, so a lot of that kind of tension and drama could get crazy at times. Um, but then there's, you know, then there are like the crazy in, in good ways, like when we've got concerts going on and I'm playing, you know, whoever, like when I play concerts, I'm playing whoever's playing their, their top music mm. songs for their, their fans coming out. So that gets insane um, in, in an awesome way. <laughs> And then also there's even just like, you know, stuff like the different non-money tip stuff that I've gotten. Oh, my God. Like, I mean, I could do a whole podcast on that. Well, Larry, let, let me stop you right there because I, <laughs> I, I think I'm the guy. I think I'm that non-money jerk. Oh, really? Did you, uh, do you put the... Uh... <laughs> just, no, like, hear me out. Like, when I see, when, when you say non-money, I'm thinking like, okay, you're playing the saxophone. I'm that guy that just sits there and watches sits there and watches you records the whole thing will do the thing and then just walk away and then be like that was awesome that guy and then you know you get a thing that you know tips yeah. and all that stuff and i just completely walk away so listen i'm sorry <laughs> but for the people out there what is what pisses off a street performer the most um well since you mentioned that i'll at least address that because that happens a lot you know people either stopping and just enjoying it and then walking on without a tip or getting right up in your face with a camera or, or a phone and then like, you know, like for a few minutes and then walking away without tip. I'm sorry. You know, and it, it's kind of like, what the, what the heck guys? Like, you know, but after doing that enough, like you have to either let that eat you up or you have to let it go and just say, Hey, they liked it well enough to enjoy it and take video. Awesome. Like I don't do this just for the money at all. And um, so that part of it's great. Um <clears throat> But uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> the other part is what, like, what pisses? What, what? All right. What do you recommend? Oh, yeah, for yeah, yeah. Like, what, what pisses, pisses you off the most? Um, honestly, there's not a whole lot that pisses me off at this point. Like, I've I've got the spot, so I really don't have to worry about that stuff too much. Um, I mean, some things that are out of my control, like the other night when I was there, like uh, two nights ago, it was 27 degrees. Like Saturday night, I think it was, it was 27 degrees. And it was like whipping winds. And I'm out there playing, and I'm kind of insulated, you know, on uh, on Legends Way there. But when the wind's coming in from a certain way, I mean, it's like a freaking tornado in there. And, like, that will piss me off. As far as people, uh, okay, you know what? <laughs> you made me think of something. Good. So it will kind of get under my skin a little bit when people will come right up, and they will just get right, right up in your grill. They'll ask to play my saxophone. Oof. Oh yeah. They will. <laughs> uh, they will. Uh, you know, kind of just like I uh, just bump right into. Like I've got a table set up. They'll just kind of like bump into stuff and kick it around and and uh, you know that just doesn't work for me. Or they'll like you know I, I play on uh, the music on a tablet. You know, just hit the thing and the music stops. Like Ugh. people, like they just walk right up and just press, <laughs> just start changing stuff. I've had that. I mean, I've I feel like I've had everything happen. Um, I mean, yeah, you really got to think about where you are. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah I of, mean, especially like drunk people. Yeah, and I mean, I like drunk people because they yeah. pretty well. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, there's some other stuff that comes with the territory there, and uh, you yeah, know that can that can 
get a little uh, annoying at times, but um, in general, it's like a party crowd and it's awesome. So just to, I'm going to be all over the place here, but I'm just, cause I'm going off the top of my head here. So like when you, you know, you mentioned, you know, when you're setting up stuff, you develop a good rapport with people. I'm looking on your Instagram, like sometimes you're playing on a beach or you're playing, you're playing in random spots. Yeah. Is the setup awkward? Like are people, anybody talk to you while you're like, if you, if you're on the beach, right. And you're just like setting up the table <laughs> and the thing yeah. that has your Instagram and Venmo, like anybody like, Hey man, what are you doing? <laughs> well, I mean, that's another whole part of what I do. You know, I play outside the garden, but uh, either through people finding me online or social media or, um, or, or word of mouth. Like I, I do a lot of other stuff too. You know, people will see me outside the garden and say, Hey, I'm getting married next year. Can you play weddings? I do right. that too. Um, you know, but so some of those other situations, like if I'm hired for a gig, it's fine. You can kind of set things up beforehand, but when I kind of spontaneously decide, Hey, I'm going to go play at a beach that can be a little bit, you know, interesting. Cause you know, I'm going into it saying like, I don't know what I'm doing here. You know, like I, I want to play music, but you know, I'm just going to go out there and, you know, I've learned by now pretty much I'm going to find some way to kind of just make it work. And, uh, yeah, going out on the beach. Um, so my father lives on the Cape. And uh, this was sort of a COVID thing. I never really played on the beach before that, but I used to play occasionally at their, um, the, uh, the, it's like a active senior community sort of thing. So they hired me for a few events, uh, but then COVID hit and they still wanted me to like play and stuff, but they couldn't do that stuff there. Uh, so it was like, hey, you know, what about, what about if I go out to the beach? You guys can all come out and hang out. So, uh, so I started doing that on Old Silver Beach in Falmouth. I'll do that a couple times this summer now. And I love doing it, um, but it's a little weird when you get to the beach and it's still kind of like at the end of the beachgoers day and uh, try to find your spot. And hey, you guys don't mind if I set up and play a little sax? And usually people are like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. I guess that's a good way to approach it. See, I'd probably be a weirdo and just not say anything to anybody, just start setting up stuff. <laughs> then like just go on and jibber jabber and all that but you just keep i mean who's gonna say who's gonna be a jerk and says no i'd rather you not has anybody said yes i do mind if it's um, not security or something or anybody ever tell you uh, that noise out? beach i'm trying to think um that's happened you know in the earlier days around td garden um like that grand main entrance with the nice lit up escalator and all that there was one time kind of when that was brand new where i kind of went out there and i was kind of feeling it out and before I even set my stuff up, they're like, don't even bother. They're going to kick you out in a second. You can't have three here. Hmm. So I got shut down more when I'd be feeling stuff around the garden. Um, as far as other places, I haven't run into that too much. Like, you know, you can't play here or you got to do something different. Or whatever. Do you need a permit to set up anywhere? Like, I mean, when you're in Boston, you didn't get actual official permission, right? Um, yeah. So there, there are places, uh, like if you're playing in the subway, which I actually tried to do at the beginning, my sound's kind of too big for that. Um, but like that's a program Yeah, certain areas, like over in Cambridge, like if you're going to play in Harvard square, there's, um, kind of a thing you have to do for that. Uh, but if you're above ground in Boston, in a public place, you don't need a permit. Hmm. Um, so again, I'm on private property there, so they could kick me out to Causeway or something. Right. Um, you know, so I'm certainly thankful for TD Garden being cool with that. Um, but no, I don't really need to worry about that too much. Like I play in Boston Common a bunch of times during the summer. No, nope, cool. don't kind of set up. Yeah. What's That's the awesome. craziest place you've played or the random, most random place you played? 
Oh, I know that one. Uh, there, there are a couple. So I love taking road trips. I'll just even, you know, just myself go out and take a road trip wherever. And I was heading out. I think this was going to be a, eventually to Texas, but I was heading out on the pike and uh, I was out near, near the Berkshires. Um, and, uh, and there was a big, huge traffic jam. I don't know what was up ahead. Uh, I was too far back. But at that point, it's just two lanes, you know, going each way on the divided highway. And, um, and we're just stopped. And I brought my stuff with me. And after 10 minutes of just being stopped, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get my stuff out and play right in the middle of the highway. Wow. That's nice. awesome. So I did that. So I, I, I got out and, you know, set up right in the dotted line in the middle of the highway. And, uh, you know, people, you could, I could see the phones coming out of the cars, you know, out of the sunroofs and all that taking video. Wow. <laughs> that was one. And the other one I would say is uh, last summer, I, went, I did another kind of solo road trip up to northern Maine. And there's uh, an old uh, military base up there. Um, and, uh, and they have some, a bunch of bunkers, uh, you know, like kind of half underground sort of things. And they're all locked up. Uh, and this is in the middle of nowhere. Like there's nobody out there. And, uh, and one was completely open, didn't even have a door. And, uh, and again, I had my stuff and I went into the bunker, you know, it was empty, but it was just surreal that the acoustics in there were amazing. I was like, I got to get my sacks. So I grabbed my sacks and go inside the bunker, set up my like camera and all that, got some good video of it. It's on the Instagram. And, uh, wow. and, uh, and I started playing. It's just like the sound was just the most amazing thing ever. And I felt like I was the only person in the world, except for these like six, uh, sparrows that I guess were hearing it and they kept kind of flying in and out. Uh, so, wow. Uh, that That's, was sick. That's awesome. Insane. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So <laughs> you're all over the place sometime. I mean, you can literally just play, I mean, do you play just to play or is it all more of, you know, when you're performing, cause you're doing, you're performing a lot. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, I, when, when I'm performing like TV garden, I wouldn't do it if it was for free. I mean, I put a lot of time and work into right. it for nothing, but I wouldn't do it. It could pay me a million dollars and I wouldn't do it if I didn't love it. Right. It's both of those equally, um, you know, and because I love it so much and, and it, it just you know, fills me, just, it makes me feel so alive. Like I, I always say like, there are two things that make me feel just so alive. And one is my daughter and the other is playing music to people. Um, I, I would, I would do that anywhere. Um, but the thing is like, I'm so busy with the, all the events I do that it just sort of happens really have the time to just kind of go out and play somewhere just on a whim, no tips or anything. Right. You know? So have you had, um, sorry, I don't know if you just heard that weird noise that just came out of my body. Rob, did you hear that on the microphone? No, I wish it, I did. It was a weird I didn't, burp. But I'm glad this isn't a scratch and sniff. I, know. Yeah. <laughs> I just, you know, that will be edited out. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Nope. So, um, uh, we, you don't want to go to the garden, obviously, if you're not going to get any money, right? Have you ever had like so so far since you've been performing? Have you ever had a night where you've made nothing? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> um, in both directions, bad and good. You know, there are a few kind of stories there. Um. You know, there are also a lot of factors that go into whether it's going to be a good day or a bad day tip wise. Um, so I'll share some of those with you. You know, day of the week makes a huge difference. You know, on a, like a Monday night, tips are not going to be great. You know, I still love it. It's still worth doing. You know, I'm out there. 
Um, but I mean, they might, they might even be half of what I make like on a Friday or Saturday night. Um, you know, people are just kind of on their, in their weekend mode, drinking a little more probably in there or whatever. So that's a big part of it. The weather can play some, some part of it. Um, they're actually, you know, between Celtics and Bruins, actually a little bit of a difference. Um, mm. give you a guess, which, which do you think is a little bit higher? Well, just, we're talking about I, I was like, I want to ask him this. You, you make more money <laughs> with the Celtics. I, I would guess Celtics. No, so what about you, Spencer? So we got we got Rob. Oh, yeah. Rob, are you, are you saying that the Celtics are the cheaper? Cel- no, Celtics, you make more money. Celtics, you make more money. Yeah. I think Celtics, you make more money, too. I think they're a classier crowd. I don't know why. I never uh, Really? Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Hockey yeah. peeps. So I keep my numbers um, so that over a good amount of time, I can see trends. Uh, not a big difference, but over time, I can definitely see there's a 15 or 20% difference and huh. Bruins are higher. Do um, you feel like some of that? Well, I was curious, like, say it's like a big game. Like I feel like the Bruins have been in like bigger games in recent years mm-hmm. than like the Celtics have been. Yeah. Like if it's a playoff game or if it's yeah. a Stanley cup chant, you know, you know, is I mentioned there are a bunch of different factors that yeah. a little bit of one, if it's a huge game, a lot of hype. Yeah. Uh, all the right conditions that can elevate it a little bit, but not a whole lot. Like surprisingly, I really don't do a lot different if it's a win or a loss. A bigger difference is if it's a blowout and people are kind of, uh, I want to say the the crowd is a longer amount of time, the duration, because if it's a tight game, everybody's staying and then everybody leaves at once. And it's a huge crowd that goes by and then it's done. So it, 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 it isn't just like, oh, if they win, they're going to be tipping more. It's really not like that. Um, but yeah, the, the highs and lows, it's crazy. Like concerts, that's really where it's at. Like the money's good with concerts. Yeah, but what if it's like a, I don't know, like if it's like a slipknot or something, I don't know. I think I did like, <laughs> what are they yeah, like? Honestly, you like you so know. as much as like I get out there and performing and you know, it's about hype a lot of times at the garden. Um, I, I mean, I'm a musician, like I'm, I played 10 years of oboe growing up, you know, as a classical musician and, uh, and then picked up sax at the end of high school. Cause I'm like, you know, classical music's great, but like, I've got way too much other music in me. I've got to do something else. So I picked up the sax and that really came in handy for, for when we've got all these different concerts, you know, like a few weeks ago, we had Tool on Friday. No, Dua Lipa on Friday, Tool on Saturday, and Billie Eilish on Sunday. Whoa. I'm playing their music. So I have to like switch gears quick. Like, you know, I wake up in the morning. I'm like, I got to make sure I got my stuff straight or else I'm going to like, if I start playing Billie Eilish for Tool fans, like, that's Oh, I know. Yeah, you're not going to make uh, any though. But so, it, you know, that's, that's really kind of a good challenge for me, kind of, um, really make helps me grow when I'm forced to play completely different types of music. Um, that's great. And I mean, like we were talking about the tips, some of them can be great. And that's actually kind of a funny one because like you get some crowds where it's like 99% 15 year old girls, right? <laughs> a dollar means a lot to them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to get much tips there. Um, maybe some good, uh, you know, media foot media, social media footage or something, but um, but then you've got other ones where maybe if it's a, an older crowd, tips can be really good. Uh, like mm. really good. Eagles was awesome. You know, a bunch of those. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so when we're talking tips, 
let's say on a good night, are we where we're in the hundreds? Or are we in the thousands? <laughs> no, uh, no, no. It's I mean, it, it, it's definitely in, in the hundreds. OK, but yeah. that could mean anything, folks. That's a <laughs> hell of a. So what's your schedule like? So you're working Monday through Friday. You do your thing. Is your yep, schedule yep. whatever the garden schedule is? Or? Yeah, so uh, it really is. And, you know, there's there's a few different factors. Like I mentioned, I have a daughter. So, you know, I, um, you know, sh- sh- her mom and I aren't together. Um, but we get along really, really well. And having a really good relationship with my daughter is super important. You know, that comes first. Um, but, you know, my ex is really supportive and flexible. So uh, I'm able to usually kind of change things around if I need to. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, like my calendar, like if I pulled up my calendar, you would see like a bunch of green stuff and a bunch of gold stuff. And that's all the Bruins and Celtics games on wow. my calendar. Go to the TD Gardens calendar, and that's going to be pretty much my schedule there, plus whatever other events I might have going on, kind of filling filling that time. Wow. So I have a question. Like, say you're going to, like you said, like you did Tool and Billie (laughs) Eilish and like Dua Lipa. Yeah. Like, are you able to just like, you know, the morning of Tool, go figure out like (laughs) 10 Tool songs? Or is this something that like, you know, a week ago, you knew Tool was coming and you prepared? Uh, it's a little bit of both. Um, yeah, the way I approach concerts is different and, and kind of, and it really kind of varies depending on who's playing. So if it's say the Eagles, like I know, like hotel California, like I know the tune, you know, people love that or whatever. Maybe I kind of look online and make sure like, am I forgetting like an obvious one I'm going to want to play? Um, but so, you know, kind of the, the things I go by are, most popular songs and probably the top two or three. Um, and I'll cycle them because nobody's mm. there for more than a few songs. Okay. Gotcha. I want to like just hit people with music that they love. So I'm not going to play like, you know, the Eagles number 50 hit or something. Yeah. So, um, although that one's probably still pretty good, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So, but I do have to do some work if it's uh, so if it's somebody or, or song that like, I know, even if I've never played it, I can just get out there and play. So I don't have to practice in that way. But if it's a song that I've never heard before, obviously I can't just like play it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then I kind of go one of two ways. Do I want to kind of learn kind of how it goes and play the melody and all that? Or does, is it going to work if I just kind of freestyle over the song, over the track? Um, and I'll kind of do one of those. That's awesome. So I obviously would refer to you as a good saxophone player. Are you like, is there, I, I couldn't even tell like what levels there are to this. Like, are you a, <laughs> like, are, would you call yourself like an expert? Um, what I've kind of come to, uh, that's an interesting one. I used to really judge myself really harshly because when you think of sax players that are out there, you think of these saxophones that just like rip these solos and just, and that's not what I do. I mean, I can, I can do some of that, but that's not really kind of in my wheelhouse. Um, and I used to kind of judge myself feeling like, God, like, you know what, like, I'm, I'm just not that good. Um, and then just by playing more and more, um, I mean, I got better, but I also started to understand the type of musician I am. Um, and for a saxophonist, I'm, I really consider myself like a vocal instrumentalist. Like yeah, I'm classically trained I love melodies. I think in terms of melodies and harmonies. So when I'm playing the sax, I feel like I'm singing. 
And if I'm singing a melody, when you think of that, you're not thinking of, don't sing that. Um, So as far as if you're talking about like technical ability to just reel off these incredible like jazz modes and stuff like that. No, I'm not there. And I used to think that meant that I was missing something. I'm never going to be there because I don't really care to be there. That's not the type of musician I am. But what I do really well, and I consider myself absolutely an expert, is being able to make my heart go into the horn and come out in a way that feels like I'm singing. You know, people say, like, I had a five-year-old come up to me and a five-year-old, you know, she comes up and says, you know, I just wanted to say I love your singing. And I'm like, whoa, that's like the best compliment I could get. Because, like, I mean, who would say that? I'm sitting here playing saxophone. So right, that is a little crazy. That's what I feel like. You know, I'm I'm a I'm a vocalist. <laughs> but you know what upsets me is I'm a percussionist um, myself. I don't know if you, if you can just tell. <laughs> um, I play the drums. Okay, if I whip yeah. out the drums somewhere, yeah. It, People get annoyed. It's noise, right? Like the buckets are cool, right? But if like, you know, what's what bothers me about both of you is because Rob's a guitarist, you know, you're a sexy saxophone guy. If I whip out drums at a party, people are going to be like, dude, shut up, right? You do sax, you do guitar. Like, that's not fair, fellas. Hey, you know. so, yeah, there is that, you know, you kind of paint the picture of a party. Yeah, there is always that guy who's got the guitar. He pulls it out. Rob, I'm sure you're that guy. I was that guy in college. Let it be. And people let it be. Any requests? Any? I had like long, really long hair then. You know. You know, and I'd be lying if I said that I don't have that happen on the sack sometimes. You know, whether they're friend parties or you know if I get hired to do a party or something like that. There is that, and it's not quite the same on drums. However, you know, if you're really talking about like going out in public and playing, um, even with a drum set, like you could do it. Like there's a guy over by Fenway Park. He goes by Glacier. Um, Glacier? (laughs) Wow. Yeah, and he he sets up his entire drum kit with like a PA and everything, and he plays along with other tracks, and you know he's phenomenal. Well, shame on you for telling me that, sir, because you just destroyed yourself. Because when I come over there with my set, okay, and my name's Phoenix. So, yeah. you, you know, you tell Glacier oh, that Phoenix is looking for him. Yeah. Yeah. So, so apparently I'm not going to have my spot at TV. Garden. Nope. You're going to see me wailing on the drums. Dad, right, play I'm, some I'm, Billie I'm... Eilish. <laughs> <laughs> this one's for Billy. <laughs> Don't you oh, touch my drum set. That's right. Do you, ever, do you ever play over near Fenway instead? You ever try that out? Um, last year, I actually started playing there for, uh, so I didn't even mention this. I, at TD Garden, I used to play both the in crowd and the out crowd before and after the event. Um, eventually it's changed it to just the out crowd. Mm. In crowd, people trickle in over time. It's a lot of playing for not a lot of tips because people haven't been drinking yet. Um, so I only do out crowds there. At Fenway, kind of same thing. For concerts, I will play like in Kenmore Square because there's so much going on right outside the stadium. It's like too much. Mm-hmm. Oh, back on Kenmore Square, I'll do that, but it's still, there's a lot going on there. So I don't do great there, uh, but I'll do it for concerts, not really for, for Red Sox games. So when you do the end the end of the event, what time, like, what's your schedule like? What, do you, what, what time you show up and what time you out of there? Yeah, uh, that's a good question because nobody really sees, especially the beginning and the end. I want to catch the entire out crowd. Um, you know, so if it's basketball, 
Um, I mean, if it's 10 degrees, I'm not going to be able to get there at halftime and play. Honestly, I mean, that's another whole question. We can talk about freezing instruments. <laughs> oh, nice. I usually will show up maybe halfway through the third quarter, and I will play until people aren't coming out anymore. And that's might be 45 minutes after the game or something. And for Bruins, I would say almost halfway through the game, you know, before the second period ends. So, yeah, that does go about the freezing instruments. Yeah. I was wondering that because a saxophone, yeah, you know, that thing's going to get really cold. So do you have to wear, like, gloves or, like, what's your – does that mess up your playing, you know? Yeah, man. I, I'm, I'm almost like – any respectable, like, saxophonist would be like, dude, you don't, you don't go out there if the sax is going to freeze. Like, what are you doing to this instrument? Yeah. Um, but I do. <laughs> and, uh, and so as you can imagine over time doing this a lot of times like I learned some little things like you know tips and tricks sort of stuff or what what happens at what temperature that hmm. nobody would ever know or even want to know <laughs> for example I know in my spot if it's 27 degrees that's the freezing point for, oh. for the moisture in the horn it's not spit but you know it's humidity you breath going into the horn and the keys will actually kind of start to freeze up um, and kind of get sluggish and then stop working and then i'm like well now i can only play like four notes um so that's where i really had to you know how dedicated am i and uh you know i am kind of ridiculous about it so i bring a second saxophone oh so when it's going to be 15 degrees i know the saxophone is going to freeze up probably in about 15 minutes so I need to cut my out crowd really short. Don't go out until almost the game's right over so I can get the big part of the crowd, and that's it. I'm going to miss a little bit, but, I mean, I can't play with a completely frozen horn. So I'll play until the first horn freezes up. <laughs> and then it's like, you know, in NASCAR, changing the tires. Like, I'm like, <laughs> second one, and I'll start playing. Wow. Um, yeah. yeah and that's it's wild. Like a tire. Like, I've got these heated gloves that I started using this year. Because the gloves have to be thin enough that I still have the dexterity to play, but thick enough that it does something for you. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's been all sorts of like trial and error with that stuff. But have you gone through like like over the like five or so years? Like, is it the same two saxophones, or have you like had to buy new saxophones? Or yeah, my main saxophone is the one I use almost all the time. I've okay, got cool. That really is more of um, like if my main horn horn is getting fixed. Um, which is a nice horn. Um, then I'll use this backup horn. Uh, so that's also my like, you know, ice savior horn. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, the, yeah. the bench, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. Exactly. So right now you you're beefing with Phoenix, which is me, the the drummer in Boston. Yeah, we got a we got a thing to work. So out. So you you and Phoenix got an Phoenix got an issue. The drummer, the bucket drummer, you guys are fine now. What? Yeah, so, so then there's a guy named Glacier. Okay. <laughs> Well, he's what are the other characters? Do you? Yeah, so he's at Fenway. Mm -hmm. You know the guy that walks around with the glasses and the hat and has the all the God stuff, and he's holding up pamphlets. Oh, like yeah. He's a yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a New England. Um, class. He's been there since I was in high school. We I've all seen remember. him at Hampton Beach before. I mean, that he's guy goes around. Yeah, dude. it's funny. I'm having a brain fart right now because I know him. Um, and I'm trying <laughs> to think. Bob. Uh, Bob is. Uh, is it Bob? <laughs> yeah, I think his name's Bob. Uh, so yeah, he of hang around td garden all the time um i haven't really seen him there lately really since covid um mm. he used to go down to florida like for a little while but then come back you know um 
kind of the coldest part of the season. He'd go to Florida, but he's he's everywhere. And yeah, he's got the the whole get up. Just yeah, yeah. The billboard, like you're all oh going yeah. To hell and so all what kind shit. of conversation you have with like how does a conversation with Bob happen? Like, is it on a street performer level? Like he's like, hey yeah, man, kind of, like your stuff. I, I wish I, I think it's Bob. I can't remember his name now. Um, you, you will. It's like hey, you're out here doing something because you feel passionate about it. I'm doing, I'm kind of doing the same thing. I'm out here doing something because I'm passionate about it. So like, there's almost like a mutual respect there, you know, like, Hey, like I might not do what you're doing, but more power to you sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, we'll just, you know, when, when I was seeing him more, we'd just be like, Hey, you know, what's going on for you? Did right, he so try to pull you into his kind of message? Um, no. <laughs> at the no, end? He didn't, he didn't try that. And honestly, you know, it's, it's kind of cool because those things make make your those stories and those interactions and, and relationships really uh, give such a richness to that experience because you can imagine uh, you know forty one Celtics and Bruins games that's eighty two for a season plus the concerts I'm doing like a hundred events a year at TD Garden that could get really kind of I don't want to say monotonous but like you're having the same kind of experience over and over it doesn't feel that way though, because of all the different type of people that I interact with and meet and talk to. Um, so I, I kind of welcome those, those opportunities to talk to somebody that I never would normally talk to and see what happens. Well, good for you. Cause that's literally the whole idea of my podcast, right? Or our podcast. <laughs> Sorry, Rob. I just decided hey. Rob gets 50, 50. So it's a little yeah, awkward. Yeah, yeah. I like, and I don't even know if other people, well, people are interested in it, but like we interview pro wrestlers, um, Elvis impersonators, um, uh, horrorcore rappers, just like all these things. I'm like, oh man, what's up with that guy or girl? Like, what's that story? And yeah. you're right, it is. It's all about the experience and all these different people. Um, <laughs> I just want to, you know? <laughs> thank you. I'm we'll all in, man. I agree. Well, I had a question, sort of, if what's I may. So, got? like, say you're playing, say a band is playing, like, Bruce Springsteen and like the E Street band, like a band that has a lot of horns in it. Mm -hmm. Will you get, will you notice like an uptick in like, you know, fan attention or tips or anything like that? Like, does it Zero. matter? Okay. Nope. Okay. That does not matter at all. You know, <laughs> what that makes me think of is when um, a performer will have even an orchestra with them. Um, where I play, is where because of that that's like an access road for the tour buses mm -hmm. you know media or whoever so I, I really get to know a lot of people that most people don't get to meet um whether they're famous or not um and so like after an event that has you know like the whole orchestra i'll see them all coming out with their with their cases and it's funny because the reactions from them are are really kind of one of the other two because i feel like they'll see me doing what i'm doing and some of them be like not not a real not a real musician like yeah. a real thing i'm in there playing like with the with tux on or whatever and then other ones will be like hey like you know another musician guy so yeah that's always kind of interesting yeah i guess there's always those kind of either like musicians that are think of their best you know and then ones mm -hmm. that are just you know passionate and enjoy playing yeah. you know yeah honestly like i talk about the different people i get to meet that's another really cool part about doing what I do is like, I get to meet some people that like, we all know. Um, that's really cool. Like, you know, is for example, the players, like the Celtics players park in the stadium and they come back out through like the parking garage. So I don't see them, but the Bruins players like park out back and they drive right by me. 
Um, and just over time, you know, people roll down their windows, start talking. So like there are a few of them I, I, I know at this point. And, wow. Uh, a couple I would consider friends or whatever. But um, Oh, that's cool. Whoa, look at you. Um, wow. Well, yeah, well, and honestly, like, I mean, it's pretty cool to be able to say like, you know, New England, Massachusetts, you know, Charlie Coyle or whatever. Um, but like, honestly, you know, it doesn't feel to me like, guys, like, I know Charlie Coyle. Like, yeah, because like you know, when you see somebody like that all the time, you know, I, I don't talk to him about hockey. Like if he stops, like, you know, he's been down on the Cape recently, you know, he and his wife, Danielle, or sorry, fiance, they're going to be getting married. Um, you know, it's just like, what's the person like, you know, cause uh, that's the stuff that everybody knows. Oh yeah. He plays hockey. He scored that goal tonight. Like that's awesome. And you know, those people like have fans interact in that way all the time. Like dude, nice goal. And that's great too. But where I kind of feel like I'm, I'm sort of part of the scene there. I'm part, part of the family almost. Um, you know, when you work with somebody, I don't want to say like, oh, well, like I'm on par with, you know, pasta or something like that. But uh, it just kind of changes things a little bit. And you're like, hey, I see you all the time. Like, you know, what happens when you're not playing hockey or, or whatever? Yeah, it's like you're both kind of like um, employed by TD, you know, yeah. like. I mean, in a way, so, you know, I really don't want to make it sound like, like I'm. Yeah. Um, no, listen and listen. Don't be modest. You're a stud, sir. Let me <laughs> tell you something. You're accepted in the uh, into the community. He is, know? and he has pictures with the guy from New Kids on the Block too. What's his name there? Yeah, so that's Jonathan Knight. Yeah, so and and that's been really helpful in terms of you know growing uh, you know the Instagram numbers and all sure. that stuff. Is you know some of those uh, videos that go viral just because after a concert people will just be so into it and it makes for a great video that everybody wants to see. Um, or the people I meet, you know, Jonathan Knight, like, you know, he and his husband Harley, you know, live up, you know, north of Boston, have a place, and he's got a, 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 a farmhouse kind of fixing show and all that. But like, you know, it was after one concert, he was he brought his um, brought his niece to, and he came up to me, and uh, I was playing. And he and he's like, oh, hey, like you know, you sound great. Uh, I'm, I'm Jonathan from the New Kids on the Block. And it took me a second. I'm like, hey, oh, like he's he's actually like from New Kids on the Block. I was like, oh, okay, cool, nice to meet you, or whatever. So we connected, and um, you know that's been great. And uh, uh, you know, just some of the celebrities that go by, like the Bruins were in the finals one year, and they kind of had some celebrities come in, kind of for the kickoff for that, and. You know, so Allie Raceman walks by and you know, Chase Rice, you know. Uh, you know, country singer and Little Nas X, you know, Old Town Road. Wow. Rob doesn't know yeah. about that. I know so all about those that. guys. And uh, yeah, I so, told you, na, 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 right? That guy. Da, da, yep. da, you can play them on the da, sax, da, can't da. you? Oh, you must. He's oh, yeah. Must. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, these are things like that. You know, Little Nas, he follows me on Instagram because wow. when, when they went by, like his manager's like, hey, like he wants you to go on tour with him. And I'm like, whoa. He messages me about being on his album and things go a million different directions. So, like, that didn't really kind of work out to be anything. But just those interactions are awesome and those connections because you never know what's going to happen. Wow. It, does that take a hit? Happen. Like, does that bother you? Like, it seems like you, you, I mean, you're in the scene. You get a good opportunity like that. And you're right. Sometimes things just don't go follow through. Have you had a lot of those? Um, yeah. I mean, I think anybody who either, you know, makes it or gets partway there. Um, like, I mean, I kind of feel like I'm, 
I'm no celebrity. I'm really not. But like, you know, I've, I've been around there long enough that I've met some people and I've had chances for things to work out or not work out. And I think anybody kind of even just in that position has had to deal with kind of the things not working out and the disappointment that comes along with that. And then you just have to sort of just be like, hey, you know what? If I keep doing this, these opportunities are going to come out, come out, and then some of them aren't going to work out. But as long as a couple of them do, like, that might be all you need. So, um, yeah, I was bummed when when that didn't work out, little Nas. But uh, um, there's going to be that comes up. Who's the I, most famous person you have in your cell phone? Whether it's DMs or just a standard phone number. Um, let's see. It's, Spence, are you in my phone? Ah, that one. You're, you're oh, that was very Not nice. yet. Well, actually, Rob, Rob and I were. Who's DM? Who who's? Uh, yeah, that's me. Oh, that's I you. Okay, famous. yeah. So I guess uh, that's right. So your first, I guess. Well, Thank you. Would, would probably be second. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Thank um, you. I was gonna say yeah. he just said little Nas X Spencer. Come on. Yeah, well, I was waiting. <laughs> he gave the right answer now, didn't he? No, he right. did. He gave the Phoenix, the Phoenix <laughs> yes. over eyes again. That's right. So, I mean, yeah, I yeah. think you're pretty famous, man, because I used to at least like, okay, I rode the commuter rail for years and I'd get off at North Station mm. and I walked to, I used to go to Equal Exchange, mm. get my coffee, sure. walk to South Station near where I worked before COVID. And um, so I, I remember seeing you all the time. You know, and it, for me, it's you and the Kitar Bear, and I'm like, do the do you know the Kitar Bear? And <laughs> I, yeah, that's really what I want to know. I yes, guess. do you so, know that guy? Everybody will ask that because you know I feel like he might be the most famous, like you know, Busker Street musician in the Boston area. Um, he's certainly been doing it you know longer than I have, and he's yeah. named for himself. And I think, as opposed to me, who tends to be in certain spots, and you can kind of count on me being there. I think, you know, he must have certain spots that he does, but like, I think he kind of will move around a lot more than I do. Mm. Um, and just because I've been doing what I do where I do for as long, you know, for a five, five years, I'm sure he probably has heard of me and I've definitely heard of him, but I've actually never, never happened on him. Never talked. Okay. Never, never talked to him. Wow. Never seen him live. You've so, never seen him playing? No, I've seen the videos and stuff. Wow. I've even seen him. He does like it's rant. Like I've seen him in yeah. front of Quincy Market and then, you know, down near Fenway or just like, you know, he's all over the place. But yeah. So um, yeah, that's it kind of blows my mind that I've still somehow never, never met him. But. Yeah. But for me, it's def it's you two guys. If I was someone's like, who are the street performers in Boston? I would definitely say, dude that plays the sax at, T at TD. Now, now we're friends. Now we know each other. And mm. Keith Harper. So, <laughs> yeah. you know. But how does that feel, Joe? Like, does that, that must feel awesome, right? It, it, I mean, of course it does. I mean, yeah, everybody wants to be liked. Everybody wants to feel like they're doing something that gets noticed or you're adding something to the world or whatever it is. Um, and to feel like I'm able to do something that just inherently musically, like, you know, I feel like that's my first language and to be able to, to express that and express my, you know, my, my emotions, um, in a way that kind of touches people and reaches people. Um, and for people to acknowledge that and remember it and talk about it or whatever, like, yeah, I mean, of, of course that's huge. I mean, it, not from a place of like, nice. I want to be like the Mac I and mean, I just want to be like, <laughs> it, it's, it's really just about kind of the more people I can connect with, like, apparently you know the better for them i guess if they're enjoying it but like it comes full circle like when you're out there and i'm playing for you and i can tell you're feeling it 
that just comes right back into my playing and it elevates my playing, which is just going to do the whole cycle thing and just get better and better. Yeah. Like, can you, can you see, like, say you're, you know, it's kind of a slow night, but you see someone coming down causeway Mm -hmm. or legends Ave, or, you know, wherever you're set up and it's just like, I don't know how quickly can you tell like okay they're into it like you feel like you can see like okay a hundred feet you're like all right they're they're yeah. feeling it you know yeah. like it's a loud it, it instrument different. you know it's different for people to different people too um you know like when there's kind of the 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 big part of the crowds there it's all about hype music mm-hmm. you play the right kind of hype music it's going to get people going they'll stop and they'll start dancing doing all this stuff um, but what I, re- especially because I just, I'm a musician and I just love kind of expressing through melodies and all that. I have more room musically to work with when it's not just a hype song full of just constant energy. And that will really be more kind of like, as the crowd is coming on a little bit or kind of ending, um, and I'll be able to do more kind of expressive music and, and I can tell when it reaches people and, and it's funny, I'll, I'll watch people, especially if it's slow enough that there might only be a few people walking by and then like a minute later, a few more. And I'll watch them. They'll go by. And I'll be like, I think I got them. I think I got them. It's not about the tip. It's more about like, am I reaching them? And, and sure enough, they'll go by 15 feet, 20 feet, bam, they stop and come back and they're like, you know, take their phone out or whatever. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That's pretty cool to feel like something I'm doing and just putting out there. Like I said, yeah, it's like people magnets you know like you're just it's like gotta be a fun thing to just see Uh, see that moment you know when they come back yeah and that's what it is like you you said it perfectly when you said magnets that's what it feels like because you know you and spencer and i and everybody has all felt all the spectrum of emotions there are and whether it's like you know happy happy, joyful or you know something a little bit more like you know deep or you know sad or something uh, everybody can relate to that. And I think the further away from neutral emotion you get, the more powerful it can be, whether it's, you know, again, kind of like total upbeat celebration or something just really moving. Um, that's where like you can see it reach people. And uh, and that's just like, you know, it feels it's special. You yeah. ever have a, a fan that just won't go away? Like, a, like someone just hanging out <laughs> like the whole time cheering you on? Yeah. yeah. Earlier you talked about like, you know, there's stuff that annoys you. Uh, there are kind of, you know, occasionally you do get the, the the person will come up and you know maybe they're doing air sacks right alongside that's cute for like a second that's funny for five seconds or whatever yeah and uh but they'll like kind of stay there and just keep doing it and you know i just kind of just have to just put it out of my mind and ignore me or like they'll they'll stand right in front of my tip box or something <laughs> or or like i mean they try to like dance with me uh or you know like really like it, it, yeah, like somebody tried to like pick me up from behind once as I'm playing. So do you have to see? We have to stop and be like, dude, no. I do have to do that sometimes. It, wow. Often, but it, it does happen where I have to control the crowd. Yeah. Wow. wow. So yeah, you have the obnoxious person dancing, thinking they're cute, trying to get the sax guy to dance with them. You ever have anybody just try to talk to you during while you're playing? Uh, yeah. I mean, and I I welcome when people come up to talk. However, you know, I'm there to provide music for people. Um, so if there's a bunch of people going by, like I'm working and, you know, if you, if you got a quick something to say, like, that's great, like, cool. Uh, but if you're gonna come up and try to like start 
and really be persistent about trying to have a conversation like during the middle of that, like I'll be like, hey, you know, I, I appreciate it. if you want to talk, like stick around for a little bit. Um, but uh, for the most part, I don't deal with that too much. People know what I'm doing. You know, I've got the whole setup. Like they know I'm a performer and I'm doing that. Um, so it's not too bad. But, you know, some people will uh, just kind of keep going. <laughs> so listen, I'm just going to elephant in the room. You're a stud. You're a good looking guy. You're a musician. <laughs> you clean up nice folks that are <clears throat> that are listening to this. You'll watch it on YouTube, too. He's a handsome guy. You must clean up, my man, right? I mean, whether you want to or not. Well, I mean, Phoenix, I thought we're, we're enemies here, right? Well, right now, yeah. we're friends. Oh, okay. We're frenemies. After this? This is just Spencer now. Sorry, what happens is I black out sometimes, yeah. and I get into Phoenix mode. Because okay. we interviewed that pro wrestler last last time. Mm. So, like, I'm still a little, I'm flaring up a little bit, but I'm yeah, calming yeah. down. I totally get that. All right. So... Not to get into your personal life, but I mean, you probably do. My wife wanted me to ask this, like, how many numbers do you get? Do you get numbers? I mean, so occasionally, and like, you know, I am single. Um, so when... Uh, boy, <laughs> it, It's really, it, it doesn't happen a whole lot because you know what will happen is I'm playing and the crowd's doing their thing or whatever, and I'm playing, like I'm working and I'm not really like chit chatting too much. So there's not a lot of opportunity there to really kind of like have a nice conversation with somebody that you might be interested in. Um, you know, so there really aren't too many numbers that, that find their way in there. Um, but in terms of just opportunities, it's funny. You think if I didn't know better, I would think like, God, you know, I should have lots of chances, but just so often the time that I would have to talk is more like when I'm setting up or breaking down and, during those times, there's not really anybody around. So uh, I'm not interacting just verbally with a whole lot of people. Yeah. Um, you so, can't rip like the sexiest thing and then stop right then and be like, so if you want, <laughs> I get your number. It yeah, would just ruin just get... the performance, you know? You're like, it just blew the Billie Eilish song or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess when it comes to other gigs, there would be more opportunities. And honestly, you know, I've, I've made a lot of friends um, through doing different gigs, you know, birthday party gigs and wedding or whatever. Um, you know, so, you know, people that really I'll, I'll hang out with as friends now. Um, have you performed at a famous person's wedding or our uh, event? No, I haven't. I haven't. No. Now, do you play with it, like any bands ever? No, sometimes I'll get asked, um, a, about doing that. And honestly, like I have my thing that I do. And if something kind of fits around that, which really would be more like gigs, I'll fit that in, of course. Uh, but as far as something that requires more of a commitment like that, I'm not looking to do that. So I really don't play with other musicians. And as such, I don't really um, know, you know, because once you're in a band, you're playing with other bands and you, you got like three bands in a lineup or whatever. So you get to know each other. So I don't know a lot of that um, group of people in the Boston area. I don't really do too much of that. For sure. Yeah. Have, have you ever done... Uh... And if you haven't, I think you should. Like, if they had to do, like, you know, the national anthem before a game or anything like that. Yeah, I actually did do that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Sick. Yeah, April 1st, 2019. Wow. Uh, before the Celtics game. 
Um, it was for the Celtics. Okay. Yeah, it was for the Celtics. Wow. So, so, so I played time all time all was... time all time all. How does that happen? <laughs> well, he's the so, fixture, man. Who he's... goes up to you? Who sets this up? This is a great. This is a big deal. Yeah, it it was a big deal and something I'll never forget. And my, you know, my daughter at the time was like seven or eight, so like she remembers and always will. And my mom, you know, she she was there and my family and all that and friends. So it was it was incredible. But um, the way it came up is kind of interesting because I mentioned how I know a lot of the people, the staff and all that. So so for the Bruins, you get the players, but that's kind of it. For the Celtics, there's a lot of other performers, halftime performers, you know, dancers, cheerleaders, you know, guys and girls, dunk team and all that. And I know a lot of them, like they're friends of mine at this point because they all come out this my way. And so I I know them really well. Um, Anybody can kind of submit through the, the Celtics or uh, not the Bruins. Cause they always have uh, Todd yeah. and the national anthem. Yeah. Um, but for the Celtics, you can submit, you know, in your information or whatever, and uh, maybe get picked or something. Um, but I was actually approached because uh, my friend Ray, who uh, was on the, uh, the green team for the Celtics uh, was kind of did a lot of the coordinating stuff. He, I, I guess had talked to somebody about wanting to get me in there for it. And they they reached out to me and said, hey, uh, I don't know if it's a cancellation or not, because it was only like maybe a week and a half later. And uh, and they said, hey, you want to do the national anthem? Yeah, awesome. Submit a video. We just got to make it official and do that. But uh, so I did that. And it was the time. I, I loved it. I, I wish I could do it every year, but. Uh, uh, yeah, what was, that, what was that like? Just, I mean, that's so many people. So you, you know? did you get to invite your family? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, immediate family, you can invite and you get seats and all that. Um, and then, uh, you know, I had some other people buy seats and come and watch and all that, but, uh, yeah, man, that was, that was just incredible. Like I said, like now once a year, like I'll submit, uh, my stuff online to try to get to do it again. Um, and, uh, I, I may end up, uh, I mentioned, I've got some, some friends that do the performing at the halftime and, uh, the don't team and I were talking, uh, about a month ago and i think i'm we may coordinate something i'm guessing it'd probably be next season where i do a halftime show with them dude that'd be sick have you seen awesome. team, Rob? those guys are yeah amazing like, like, like lucky they are, like the guy the lucky incredible. that kills it man yeah, yeah and, like i mean honestly that's the thing i mean they're so talented and skilled at what they do and um, even the the dancers like you know, everybody thinks like oh, the cheerleaders or whatever, like, you know, they're, they're pretty nice to look at and all that. But what they do is incredible. Like just the physical stuff that they can do. It's like, you're human. Yeah. And like 15 seconds too, you know, yeah, <laughs> you just totally. come out, bang that out real quick. And yeah, I'm yeah. over. Yeah. hundred so, percent. <laughs> so playing the star spangled or the national anthem. Well, yeah, yeah. whatever. So like, um, <laughs> same thing. Yeah, um, it's still the Star Spangled Man. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Do you when you're playing that, you get like nerd, like in front of all the people and stuff. Like, do you? Feel wait, wait, hold on. I want to structure this. Let's structure this. So hold on. You, what time do you get to the event? Are you backstage? <laughs> you the whole play by play. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I had to get there. I don't know if it was maybe two, an hour and a half or two before game time, because uh, you go in and then they, you know, it's kind. Of, it was kind of during player warm-ups i think i went out and they have you actually play 
beforehand. Like nothing's going on. This is but all- how do you get in? Do you walk in the main doors? You get the VIP part. Like, <laughs> really the, like, the like I want to know. Like this right. is a huge. This yeah, is so on Legends Way. There's an entrance, uh, an entrance up the ramp for like staff and people who work there to go in. So I go in there. They call up to get the girl to come down and. She escorts me up and brings me to like kind of the green room sort of thing. So you're feeling good right now. This is I'm feeling like, yeah, yeah. They, they give me like the badge and all that. Like, yeah. Yes. I'm supposed to be here. <laughs> I'm supposed. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, so I do that and having a bite to eat and then I, the I, food's there. It's free. It's all for you. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not all for me. It's for the people working there. Like, you know, Cedric Maxwell. Wow. And you're by yourself. You're by mm-hmm. yourself. Uh, I was with at that point, no, I think I was with um, my daughter and and my mom. My, oh, okay. So she got, they got to experience this. I think this my mom might have been there by then. I had some family meeting. But yeah, there were a few of us there. Were you saying it was like the commentator guys are there too? I thought I heard like Cedric. Oh, yeah. So Cedric, yeah. He, yeah. You know, like, so so that I, I know the media. So like Cedric, every single game he goes by and there might be a crowd or whatever. And of course, he's like, you know, 25 feet tall. So yeah. he's walking way far, like not that far away, but like across the crowd. And like he always gives me a wave, and I can always wave back or whatever. Wow. Um, you know, Mike Gorman, really, yeah, guy. His wife Terry, they're they're so, so cool. Um, even you know for the for the Bruins, uh, you know Jack Edwards. Uh, yeah, totally. COVID. Mike Mike Gorman Mike Gorman for the Celtics and Jack uh, Edwards for the Bruins used to come out every game. I could rely on that. Now I think they must park in the garage or something because they don't really come by, but. Um, Jack Edwards and I you know, talked a bunch of times and wow. Arnold and all this. So. Don't lose me now. I'm still here. Oh, <laughs> I'm yeah. Still here. We're, so we're in the green. So he's we're still the... On, the, on the national yes. anthem. All right. We're so we in... get up there. Yep. Uh, so what I didn't realize is you play it twice. Um, so I go in there and, you know, after I'm doing the whole, you know, eating some food and hanging out, waiting for the time, they pull me in, lead me out to the court. And of course, like, this is just for basically a sound check sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. But you walk out into mostly an empty stadium. You have staff and personnel or whatever. And you're like, whoa. Like, yeah. It's amazing because so much of my life is spent at TD Garden, but I'm not really inside. <laughs> yeah. I'm part of the family. Um, and I feel like that's kind of my home in a way, but I'm not usually inside there. Um, so just walking out on the floor and, you know, they've got the mic there and like, you know, here, go, go ahead and. Yeah, anytime you want, just go ahead and start playing. Um, we're doing this so we can get the time because they need to know how long it's going to be so that they can plan, you know, all the stuff leading up to the beginning game. So, um, yeah, so I'm doing that and just, you know, feeling totally amazing and important. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and then you kind of head back again, you're off stage and, or, you know, kind of in your little green room, whatever. And then, uh, and then they pull you in for the real thing and walking out there for, you know, 15, 16, 70,000 people. Um, oh my God. Like, wow, are you nervous? Are you nervous? I wasn't nervous at all. Wow. Things that make me nervous. Um, but that wasn't one. And I think so much of it is I was surrounded by people that I was familiar with, you know, not just my family, but, you know, like I had all the dancers behind me and, you know, my friend Ray, who kind of hooked me up in the national anthem, he's sitting right there and, and all this. And I know like so many like ushers and all that, that are just up there and like, it feels so good to just be amongst people that I know on the inside now. Yeah. The thing about going to a game is I can see what a lot of, like everybody comes out and sees what I do when I'm working there. I rarely get to see what they're doing when they work there because they're doing that on the inside. So I got a chance to see 
you know some of those guys do what they do best wow. can you see people like when you're when you're right there is it do you see the whole crowd of people or is it all dark um i could see but i was so focused on but also when i play very often my eyes are closed um it's not a stage fright thing it's like if i take away my this sense more of my focus is just on the auditory stuff um so i probably wasn't looking around too much my eyes might have been closed a lot of the time but yeah there was a little bit of you know looking around and just taking yeah. it in was there any moment where you were like oh don't mess this part up don't mess this part up or i'm gonna or did it all just flow good <laughs> like a movie yeah but i mean beforehand i i knew what key i wanted to play in that would kind of like hit the right notes at the right you know and feel like they were the sweet spot and all that so uh it, it was okay I, I really wasn't i really wasn't worried about messing up um and i mean it went it went okay so what part is it where everybody starts clapping like it's always earlier right dun, 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 dun. Yeah, you know, when people go up to you know da da dum da 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 da, and like actually you know it's before that you know da dum da 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 da, da, da. people will start kind of getting well, into goes, it. Yeah. 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 So that's on YouTube. Like I, I have it up there. Oh, nice. Oh, we gotta, that we gotta check that out. So wait, there's, so a, there's after, a shorter clip of it. After that, so you play the Star Spangled Banner. Mm-hmm. After that, do you go to Legends and set up? Or are you like, you know what? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm done for tonight. Oh, so you did, you win. I, I'm still to- doing, yeah. And people are coming out after and be like, oh, we saw you play the national anthem. That was awesome. <laughs> Now, like, would that be like a highlight night, like a good, good turnout and good, um, you know, tips um, and everything? I don't even think that was particularly like, you know, that wasn't, I mean, there might have been not a standout, but it wasn't, wasn't, that wasn't really anything. It was more about just the, the attention and the energy was just amazing. But yeah, yeah doing that like this summer, uh, there's a Cape Cod League baseball game that um, we're, we, have to, we have to work out what date it's going to be, but I'll do it down there too. Oh, awesome. that's awesome. So you walk out, are you, do you just, can you chill in the green room or do you have good seats? Like, can you watch the game and stuff or you just, oh, yeah, yeah. once, that? like once I finished the national anthem, they start and they, they kind of take me back, get me squared away and then lead me up to the seats that I had. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, there were be, good seats. Whatever. It'd be not pr- pretty crappy if they were like thanks for the tune see, you, <laughs> well, see that's why i wonder what sometimes you know you just never know sometimes no no i think like you know, we, had, we had like three or four seats or whatever whatever we needed for yeah so yeah now do you go like ever willy-nilly like just to go see the celtics or do you feel like you're there so <laughs> often doing your thing it's kind of like a, you know you're all set yeah. you know I really don't. I mean, like I mean, last last year, there was a Celtics game that you know a couple couple friends of mine were going to, and you know I ended up going with them. And of course, I leave early so I can get my stuff and set up and play. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm not in there too often. Uh, yeah. I don't I don't go to too many games, and and when I do, like I said, it I'll, I'll leave early. You know, even when like when I would do concerts. So I mentioned I only play after the games for concerts unless it's 10 degrees and I have to worry about ice, I will play before games also before concerts. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when I do that, occasionally people will slip me a ticket, like an extra ticket, like, Hey, we got this extra ticket. Um, So I'll get into some concerts and, you know, but of course, like I'm really there to play. So I'll play into like a quarter into the concert and leave a quarter before the end of the concert and do my thing. 
Wow. When you, I know you're, you're friends with some of these guys in the Celtics and stuff like that. Are they able in, in that line of work? Right. I don't know how much they make. I'm sure you don't either, but is that, are they, you think they're able to have a, like a light support their lifestyle just on that? Or do you think it's safe to assume these other people have other jobs? Uh, who, who are we talking about? Like, yeah, like, I guess my thing is like, no, no, yeah. like, like, like lucky, you know, those guys, oh. <laughs> the dunk guys and all those guys. Yeah. So th- they by and large do um, pretty much like, you know, the halftime performers and all that. They have other, other things that they do. Um, and so there is kind of a balance. Uh, I don't want to say necessarily similar to mine because like every person's mm-hmm. other stuff that they have is, is different, but um, you know, kind of like you think of NFL referees, you know, have other jobs. Right. Mm. You know, I, I don't think there's probably any, I don't think there's a halftime performer that doesn't have something else going on. Do you think you'd be, let's say you went all in on the sacks thing, just like every game. Um, and then put aside the gigs for a second. I feel like gigs is yeah, its whole sure. separate entity. If you were just to do gigs in, in Boston and stuff like that, all the, um, sorry, not gigs, all the mm-hmm. concerts, all the street stuff. Do you think you'd be able to have like a decent salary? Uh, if I didn't have a daughter and I didn't care about like insurance and stuff like that, like yeah, you know, I could I could be like a starving artist and get by doing okay. that. Um, I mean, I, I'd be roughing it. Like I wouldn't be comfortable at all. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, I like my day job and you know love the people I work with. But um, yeah, if I somehow had to just do that. Uh, with insurance and a daughter and all that, that wouldn't really be manageable. All right. Let's throw in gigs though. Like the private gigs and stuff like that. Like, do you mm-hmm. think you could be okay in being an artist and independent? That artist can like be that? So like with where I'm at right now, yeah, it's not quite there just because the reliability factor, you know, like something with TD garden could change at any time. Right. What do I do? You know, it's just, I can't depend on that to the point where, you know, I can really think about quitting a day job sort of thing. Um, yeah. It's not quite there anyway. Um, but that's kind of the biggest thing that would be preventing me from kind of taking that leap. It would, what's the end game is, do you just like doing what you're doing or where, where do we see ourselves? That's a really good question. And one that obviously I kind of have to continually think about. And, you know, for me, at some point I kind of, at the beginning of, of Joe Sachs Boston, I was thinking, you know, like, wh- where do I want this to go? And then at some point, I kind of had to change my thinking and my, and my approach and just say, I'm definitely pointed in the right direction. I'm moving forward and I'm taking steps. So I just have to have faith that this is going to continue. I'm, I'm moving forward as long as I continue that momentum. I'm going to maybe have some different avenues I can go. But once I see those, I'll be able to make my, my choices and see what I want to do. I mean, there are some different things I'd love to do. Like right now, I'm, I'm just kind of starting the process of doing an album. I've never come out with a solo album just myself. And so that's what I'm starting. And I'm already kind of conceptualizing like two already. So that'll be something I do. Where that kind of takes me, I don't know. But it's something that I definitely want to do and should be awesome. Um, and also, I would love to be featured um, on on somebody really famous, their their album. Um, you know, have, have me come in and add my kind of melodic style of playing into a, into a song. That would be really awesome. When did you start thinking like that though? Right? Like I know you just, you started doing yeah. the street performance stuff, but when did you get that mindset where you were like, mm-hmm. I really probably could make something out of this if I go all in. Yeah. I guess probably a couple years into it. You know, I started early 2017. So I would say probably by mid 2018, 
um, I had enough momentum with it that I could start at least asking those kind of questions and just kind of mulling them over. Um, because even just thinking about those questions can really kind of help you grow and take some steps forward that you might not even see if you weren't thinking that way. Um, wow. Yeah, it took probably between a year and a year and a half. Well, I see nothing but the best for you, sir. <laughs> I think we're just going to continue on growing and um, hopefully I can help be part of that process, you know? Well, little- I mean, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. I mean, it's fun to fun to talk about. Yeah. Rob, do you have anything else for this fine man? Uh, well, I just, I did have a question. Keep going. Say, saying that you were um, working on like making an album. Mm-hmm. Um, so like now, would that be like original music do you play other instruments you know yeah good questions that is a really good question rob because i had to really that was a really hard thing for me to answer because i obviously had to answer that you know because i knew i want to make some sort of original album like i want to have a cd of joe sax boston um or joe sparks or whatever i want to build um but what is that especially when i'm sort of like i think of myself as a vocalist i'm like the singer there's not going to be somebody singing on the album. Like it's me, you know, do I want to do like a Kenny G kind of thing? (laughs) No, I want to do like a a me kind of thing, but what is that? You know, I can play some piano. A lot of instrumentalists can play some degree of piano. Um, But like, is it just going to be a bunch of ballads, me on piano and playing sax? Uh, And that was really hard because I also had like the whole, well, like people love the whole hype stuff after games. So I do like an album of just hype music. Or do I do the stuff that like, I feel like my heart comes out more in, you know, kind of like more melodic stuff and have like some different feel. So like I had a lot to think about and it started to kind of evolve into something that I saw more of a mix of those kind of things. But even then it's like, well, what do, what do I have behind the sax there? You know, I, I have a little bit of fun with music production, you know, electronic stuff, but like nowhere near the level that I would need it to be like my sax playing would come down to that level as opposed to mm-hmm. you know, on the level it should be. So online, there are a lot of people who are really, really good at making beats. You know, they call them beats, but they're really pretty much like full backing tracks of songs that, you know, a rapper could purchase the rights to and turn it into his own song. And um, once I started hearing some of those, I was like, I think that's the direction. And so I started listening to a lot of different beats from a lot of different beat makers. And you know, some of them weren't great. Some of them were awesome. Some of them just weren't right, the, the right feel or type for me. And so I listened to thousands of these things and I've narrowed it down to you know, a reasonable amount where I can kind of really start being selective. But that's what, what it'll be. There'll be these beats that you know, I kind of purchased the rights to use cool. um, and you get the full track out. So like I buy a beat and I might get like you know, 50 different tracks in this song that I can edit, tweak, you know, bring the drums up or down or whatever. So I can make it mine um, and add the sax to it. Uh, maybe I'll put a little bit of my own piano over it, but it'll be that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we play awesome. sax, we play piano, anything else? Well, I grew up playing oboe. So I played nine years of oboe before I ever touched sax. So Now, was, was I have a question about the oboe. Isn't that considered... <laughs> Tell me, this could be wrong. Could be a different instrument, but don't they call it the agony stick? What the hell's an oboe, first of all? It's, it looks like a clarinet, but it's got a double reed. So I mean, it's okay. same size as a clarinet. It's black, but you know. Yes, I know what you're talking about now. 
they um, refer to it as the agony stick or did i just you, hear that at like you a know what rob back? like i kind of feel an idiot right now because like i've played mobile for a long time and i've never heard that term although that term fits it perfectly so like, <laughs> you're probably right uh, yeah you know i don't know I, I went to a lot of fish concerts back in the day i feel like i might have yeah, heard I it mean, in the parking lot there or something I mean, there are a lot of abrasive sounds in the world, um, but there's not many that are like as abrasive as like bad oboe playing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Fingernail on chalkboard kind of stuff. It's yeah. What is your go-to song? <clears throat> like if you just get to whip out the, the sax, do you have a song in mind? Like, all right, this is going to get everybody like right away. Uh, it, it's funny. If I'm thinking currently, uh, and this is where kind of the, the beats that I'm kind of working through for an album come into play. This season, you know, Celtics Bruin season, I'm pretty much playing those. You know, I'm kind of testing out a lot of those. So there are a couple of those that are perfect for it. There's no name to it, really, nothing you would recognize, and they work phenomenally. Now, if I'm going to throw out a couple that people know and love from kind of before when I was doing that, um, it really kind of depends. Like, I think of, like, My House by Florida. You know, like, you know, just kind of wail over that. Or you know what? The number one is really Mockingbird by Eminem. That's it. Oh, yeah. That's on there. Backing track to that, you know, without his voice in it, just the backing track. And I'll play, you know, and I'll freestyle with it and people like go crazy for it. So that's definitely number one. What song are you... Do you have you ever played a song where you're just like, oh, I really don't want to do this right now? But oh, man, I know you guys this. are are you guys are nails with these questions. Uh, that's a great question too because there is a song. So I, I'm going to turn it around and ask you guys. There's a clear number one requested song I get. What is it? Sweet Caroline. That's. I don't know, man. Um, or the Dropkick Murphys. Yeah. Think think more saxophone. Oh, a saxophone feature. Dun, 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 dun. That's a tequila. No, that's a good guess. <laughs> what about mm-hmm. the Seeger song? That's like oh. turn the page. Yeah, turn the page. So, uh, whatever. The, the number two. There's a number two that I think is a Seeger song. Number one is Careless Whisper. Is oh. it what? Everybody wants Careless Whisper. Careless Whisper. Do you know it's been? You know it. I probably don't know. It goes. That's the song. Yeah. That's the song that I, I put on my Instagram because I'm like, oh, that's a beautiful song. Wait, no, no, no. Uh, probably not. Probably not. I don't know. Whatever's on my Instagram. But I know that song, though. That's a good song. It is. That's number one. That is far and away number one. I mean, five times more than any other song. Maybe 10 times more than any other song. Wow. It makes yeah. sense. And so, like, it gets requested enough that when I hear that, I'm like, oh. Although I've kind of saved it a little bit. Like, I've saved my, my, joy for it because um now when people request that i'll kind of surprise people and be like you know what? i'll do it but you're going to be surprised with this and i'll put the backing track to seven rings by ariana grande and i can play for over that so i'll start playing you know the ariana grande song and then halfway through i'll like throw in careless whisper and be like nice. no way <laughs> that's wow a, that's a beautiful sax song too like okay. that gets annoying after a while like oh. for us it's like oh you know yeah, no i bet any time. every set you know there was I a know. youtube thing spencer this guy was like going around the mall and he kept playing it oh like, yeah you know and then that's i think guy. it really blew the doors open people <laughs> asking anyone with a horn like a trumpet can you you know can you play careless whisper so yeah. it is a beautiful song though 
Good questions, guys. You uh, nailed this. This is fun. Yeah. You had fun? Because I had fun. It's been fun. I'm looking forward to the friction between Phoenix and Joe Sachs Boston. Listen, you heard it here, folks. <laughs> Doesn't sound like it's going to get any better. But I will tell you this. At the end of the day, whether we take it in the squared circle or not, you have our full support here at Reality Tonic. And Thank you so much. I want to give you the opportunity now to please plug everything possible that you have. <laughs> now, I would just say, you know, Joe Sachs Boston, if you're looking for anything to do with me, Joe Sachs Boston, and, uh, across social media, TikTok or whatever. And uh, you know, I appreciate the, uh, the love and support. And you do do private events. No yes. one's going to be crazy to go up to you and say, hey, man, you should play my wedding. Yeah, no, I love doing stuff. So, yeah. All right, folks. Well, you heard it here. Joe Sachs, Boston. Thank you very much for being part of the show. I have one last question for you because, again, mm -hmm. it's all about business in the end. You ready? Here's my question. <clears throat> Joe, do you like grilling? I love grilling. Well, then you know what you should do? You What's should go that? to www.grillyourassoff.com and find yourself some essential grilling gear. Okay? All types of seasonings. You want an apron? Go get an apron. They have them there. Spatula? You want a spatula? Spatula, whatever we call it there. <laughs> get one of those. You want a t-shirt that has some type of grilling reference? Go ahead. Go on to www.grillyourassoff.com. Hey, you like saving money, Joe? Who doesn't? That's right. That's a great question. But I'll tell you this. You go to the promo code at the end after checkout. You type in Reality Tonic. You get yourself 15% off your order. And that's not your first order. That is con – you can constantly use Every it. Every order. Wow. Because we all like to go on www.grillyourassoff.com and Every find day. the newest, coolest grilling gear, right? Going to do it right after we hang up on this interview. That's right. Thank you very much. All right, folks. See ya. Wake up to reality, to reality, to reality.